1: Now for our story. It was a pleasant sunny morning. Nicholas Dorn sat on a bench in the square across from the courthouse in Wakefield, watching eagerly as if he were expecting someone. At last his face lit as he saw Peggy Douglas, his fiancée, coming toward him along the walk which led past the deserted bandstand.
0: Hello, Nick.
1: Oh, darling, you're here.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm tying too, or at least almost. Have you been waiting long?
2: Well, it seemed long. I'm waiting for you. Fifteen minutes can seem like years sometimes. <laughs> on the other hand, when I'm with you, the hours turn into seconds. Oh,
0: goodness. That sounds rather complicated. I'm afraid I must get the time very confused
2: for you. Oh, not at all. You see, I don't worry about daylight saving, eastern standard and all that. I simply run my life according to Peggy Douglas time. Works out beautifully.
0: Oh, Nicholas.
2: Which reminds me, darling, you realize it won't be Peggy Douglas much longer. Just a couple of weeks, you'll be Peggy Dorn. Peggy Dorn. Sounds pretty good to me. How does it strike you?
0: Well, it'll probably take me a while to get used to it, but it's a very nice name.
2: Ah, You'll see, after you've had it for 15 years or so, you'll become very much attached to it.
0: After... Oh, Nick.
2: What's the matter? Does it scare you?
0: Not exactly, but it does sound like an awfully long time.
2: Why, 15 years is nothing. Think of all the people who celebrate their golden wedding anniversaries. Someday we'll be doing that, darling. We'll have a big party. Maybe a wedding cake.
0: A wedding cake? For an anniversary?
2: Certainly. We might even get married all over again. Just to remind us of the first time. And speaking of the first time, my love, how are the arrangements getting along?
0: Oh, everything's going very well, Nicholas. Oh, yes, I have something to show you. I've got them right here.
2: Oh, the invitations. Mm
0: -hmm. I hope you'll like the type I chose. They had a lot of fancy English kinds with curly cues, but this one was so nice and simple.
2: Uh, let me see. Mrs. Randolph Lane requests your presence at the wedding of her niece Margaret to Mr. Nicholas Dorn. Well, there it is in black and white. Yes. Only two more weeks.
0: I hope that's time enough.
2: Time enough for what?
0: Well, I think it'll be nice if the trial is over. I'm sure it will be by then. The trial? It started this morning. Bill's custody suit. Bill's
2: custody... Oh, I'd forgotten all about it. I'm getting to be terribly self-centered, I'm afraid. So, today's the day, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Aunt Mary and Lefty started out for Huntsville right after breakfast. They didn't expect to be home till late this afternoon.
2: I suppose those things do drag out quite a bit. Lots of red tape. Oh, poor old Bill. He'll be glad to get it all settled, I expect.
0: It has been hard for him.
2: Peggy, why didn't you go over with Aunt Mary and Lefty? I would have understood.
0: No, Nicholas. It's nice of you, but I thought it was better not to.
2: You're sure now? Because it isn't too late. I I could drive you over right now. It might make Bill feel a lot better to have you there.
0: No. It's better this way. Anyway, let's not talk about it. That sun feels so good.
2: Yeah, doesn't it? Maybe you'd like to pop in somewhere and have a cup of coffee.
0: No, I'll just sit here.
2: You know, Peggy, I... I had a dream about you last night.
0: Did you? I hope it was a happy one.
2: Well, part of it was. It was our wedding. You were wearing a long white gown with a veil, the way you promised left him me you would.
0: Except the dressmakers now.
2: Oh, wonderful. Well, anyway, there you were in the long gown with a big bouquet of flowers. They were playing the wedding march. And then... Oh, well, this is the bad part.
0: What happened, Nick?
2: Well, you were at the end of this long aisle. Only it, it wasn't in church. There was a wide path cut through a mass of bright blue flowers.
0: Mm, lefty
2: you. I guess so. Well, you started walking toward me and... I waited for you to get closer. But that was the awful part of the dream. You kept on walking toward me, but you didn't get closer. The more you walked, the further away you seemed. Finally, I could hardly see you. And then... Then you disappeared.
0: That was an odd dream.
2: Very upsetting. I, I think I'll stick to reality. You're here beside me in the sunlight planning a real wedding. Thank goodness when the real wedding comes off, you'll be on Lefty's arm. He won't let you do any disappearing act.
0: You say that as if you think I want to disappear.
2: I don't know, darling. Sometimes you do drift away.
0: Well, I can assure you that I won't disappear into the mist
2: somewhere. I hope not. But today, for instance, I have the feeling that your mind is over there in Huntsville rather than here with me.
0: I admit, Nick, I have been thinking about it. I hope you understand.
2: Why, oh, darling, of course I do. There's no reason at all why you should feel guilty about it.
0: Well, I don't feel guilty, but this ought to be a happy time for you and me, making our wedding plans and everything. Thinking of trials and courtrooms doesn't fit in.
2: Yeah, never you mind about that. We'll have plenty of time to think of ourselves. We can spare a few moments to worry about Bill.
0: You see, Nick, the baby is all Bill has now. The only reason he has for going on. he given up so much on account of his
2: son. I know. You're thinking that if it weren't for the baby, things might have been different for you and Bill. And for you and me.
0: Oh, I wasn't thinking of it personally, really, Nick. It's just that it does seem so unfair for Kit to have the baby if she doesn't really care about it. And it would mean so much to Bill.
2: Peggy, do you honestly hope Bill will be awarded custody of his child?
0: Yes, I do, Nicholas. I hope so with all my heart.
2: It's kind of hard to believe, but I, I do think you mean it.
0: I do, really.
2: But it's awfully difficult for people to be entirely objective, impersonal. After all, if it hadn't been for Bill's having a child, you and he might have been able to make a go of it. I'm proud of you, Peggy, for being able to be generous.
0: But, Nicholas, what sort of a person would I be otherwise?
2: A very human person. Most people are looking out for themselves in this world. But I know you're not one of them. That's one of the reasons I love you so much.
0: Thank you, Nicholas.
2: Before I came here to Wakefield, I was well on the road to becoming a deep-dyed cynic. I'd lived so long among people who had that old dog-eat-dog philosophy. Now, when I run into people like you and Aunt Mary, who honestly put other people's welfare before their own, well, it's kind of hard for me to take it in.
0: Well, Nicholas, don't think I'm some kind of a saint. I have an awful struggle with myself sometimes to do what's right. But in this case, I can honestly say I am terribly concerned about the outcome of Bill's trial. I do so want him to win, to get custody of his child.
2: Then so do I. I wonder what's going on in that courtroom right now.
0: It's about time. They must be just getting underway.
1: Members of the court will please rise. People stood tensely, facing the flag. The various people whose lives were to be vitally affected by the outcome of the trial felt the solemnity of the moment. On one side, Ben Calvert stood, flanked by his daughter Kit, the defendant, and his wife Jessie. On the other side, toward the rear, was Aunt Mary Lane, with Lefty Larkin beside her. Bill Meade stood in front, the tall square figure of Angus MacKillop, his attorney, looming nearby while Ben Calvert's well-dressed attorney from Chicago, Mr. Farnsworth, had arisen from a small table to the right. In the presence of the flag of the United States, the Superior Court of the State in the County of Wakefield is now in session. And so Bill Meade's suit for custody of the baby boy he believed to be his son began. The case of Meade versus Calvert.